lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network. And dear God, there was a lot of wrestling in the past week, most uh, specifically the, the past weekend. Um, so many events, so many promotions putting on shows, you know, from prominent independents like Black Label Pro and uh, and beyond to, you know, WWE having their SummerSlam show as well as uh, NXT TakeOver 30. AEW ran on Saturday night as they were preempted by the NBA playoffs for Wednesday night. So much wrestling, uh, I would argue too much wrestling to for one person to ingest in such a short time period. But we're not talking about any of those shows today. Um, we're here to talk about uh, another show that happened on Saturday night that I think uh, one showcase just as many uh, athletic and charismatic and intriguing uh, figures within pro wrestling as any other show this weekend, but also did it while backing up their efforts with a clear, concise, and needed message um, in today's current climate as uh, we continue to see protest movements and uh, pushes for racial equity in this country. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Saturday night's Black Wrestlers Matter event, um, a, uh, a solid pay-per-view, if I must say. Um, and here to discuss that with me this week, um, back by somewhat popular demand from some people on the internet, uh, my partner KC, uh, because I, I, I always joke that I make them watch these shows, but I think that I just, I think I gently coerced you. It wasn't coercive, <laughs> but I do have to say something because you just flagged me when you said what some may argue too much wrestling. Mm-hmm. I never thought I would ever, ever, ever hear you say those words. Really? Yeah, never. Well, the, the, maybe just, I don't know if I gave you the whole like, rundown exactly of what all happened this weekend. So like, between Saturday and Sunday, we had two Black Label Pro shows, uh, a Beyond show. Um, we had uh, three hours of SummerSlam, four if you count the pre-show. We had close to three hours of TakeOver, um, and then two hours of AEW. So all in all, we're like approaching 20 hours of wrestling in one weekend. Then you add in the, the two and a half hours of the Black Wrestlers Matter show, and like we're we're at, we're near 20 hours, and I think 20 hours in two days, that might be too much. <laughs> all right, if you say so. I'm just saying, like if you <laughs> add it all up, it it becomes it quite some daunting. That is quite quite a lot <laughs> so yes so if you ever that's the limit if you ever need to know my limit like 18 hours in two days mm, taking a step back noted <laughs> 
but yes, uh, we watched Black Wrestlers Matter um, show out of Des Moines, Iowa, put on by um, longtime independent pro wrestler John West. Um, he's been out there very publicly um, put like basically he's been behind the Black Wrestlers Matter movement because it's been a movement for a while, um, coinciding with the Black Lives Matter movement, um, just pushing for equitable treatment within the pro wrestling industry for for black wrestlers and you know this was something that uh, i think this kind of event we haven't really seen too many versions of this sort of thing happen i mean fight club fight club is a predominantly black um company based in dc you know they're the company that uh, kind of gave birth to the i always see if i remember the the acronym correctly the uh, the pan-african uh wrestling diaspora World Championship, yes, I think I got it right that time. Um, but they're they're the company that put that belt out that that Trisha Dora currently holds. Yeah. So like they they are very um, upfront and forward facing about putting black talent forward. They're black led. Um, so like they're really one of the major companies um, in terms of the independent scene that has been doing this regularly. So Black Wrestlers Matter, while it's not necessarily the first one to do it, I think it's the first one to really uh, like align all of its marketing and everything else behind uh, the current Black Lives Matter movement that we are seeing right now. And I think that the timing of the show is no coincidence. I would argue that there was no coincidence. Um, you know, the situation that we've seen over the past three months here in, in this country where everything has become heightened and more uh, resonant with mainstream audiences, I think that made for the perfect setting for a show like this to happen that unabashedly you put black wrestlers to the forefront and showcase that, you know, they should be treated the same within this industry because they have the same talent level. They have the same charisma level. They have the same tools that anybody else on the independent scene does right now. Some of them better than some of the people that are prominently uh, put in prominent spots on a number of cards, but yet we still see similarities in treatment uh, within that industry as well. Um, what were your thoughts when I first told you about this show? I'm curious before we even get into the show. I was really excited about it. I thought it was a really cool premise, and um, it just sounded like, I mean, as you said, definitely really good point in time to be doing this, but I would argue, like, I would have loved to see this at any time, but especially mm-hmm. now, it it gives, I guess, a good it gives a good pause to what's behind the movement. Um, Like the namesake black wrestlers matter, but of course black lives matter. Um, That stuff, even if we're not actively thinking about it, it's just, it's still on our minds. And I think that this show did give a good break while still paying good tribute to the movement. Mm Mm-hmm. I I definitely agree with you on that. Like I think just the all of the different you know signs of solidarity there, the celebration of, of different talent that are there, like plenty of talent that I think to wider audiences of even like the most focused independent wrestling fans probably saw plenty of new faces. I know I saw like people that I had never heard of on the show. I did too, but that's definitely not a surprise for me. <laughs> <laughs> but still, you know, that's the thing though, is like you're you're getting these people out in front of a crowd 
and and an audience that is able to recognize them now and and they're able to showcase themselves in in a way that really shows you that that sort of equal treatment should be you know it shouldn't be a question anymore it shouldn't be a topic of discussion it should just be yeah and we'll definitely keep pushing towards that and the wheels of progress progress slowly turn that they do god i just i'm just remembering watching mayor ted wheeler's uh, press conference earlier today anyway um so the show in and of itself um you know main evented by uh ach versus jdx um of course ach i i think this was whenever you first found out about the ach controversy um, during this show, and and there's plenty. We'll get to other aspects of the show, and because there was some LGBTQ representation on this show as well, but I did want to start off with this because I think I was most taken aback, um, whenever we were having this discussion in, in a way, not not like in a, a bad way or anything. I think I was just the the. Re- I think it was one of the more visceral reactions that I've seen from you, and in, in, in when talking about pro wrestling, um. When we're not talking about explicitly WWE, um, because you know ACH, he's coming off a, a very tumultuous year where you know he was signed with WWE. They put out the T-shirt with that the Jordan Miles T-shirt with the lips and the smile, and the whole thing broke wide open. He you know basically stood up for himself um, and and his values and and in the face of a rather um, racist caricature on the shirt and ended up you know leaving wwe leaving wrestling for some time but now has found a, a resurgence here on the independent scene and just for a little bit more specificity the way you described the shirt that wwe put out it yes. was blackface essentially yes, definitely i haven't seen the shirt but mm-hmm. the way you described it to me matched a description of blackface oh full force i mean red lips jordan miles like in white as the teeth on a black t-shirt like that's yeah it's straight up minstrel show bullshit and how did that possibly get approved like that probably that had to have gone through several channels oh definitely and then actually get produced and put out and like it was up for sale right I don't know if it actually it ended up going up for sale before the images got out. Okay. I want to say there's like at least like maybe one or two people that claim they bought it, but I haven't <laughs> seen them in the wild or anything like that. And and honestly, if you did buy that, why would you ever fucking wear that in the yeah. wild, like out in, in public, like f- fuck off. Um, so yeah, they pulled it very quickly though. So even if they had, I think, put it up for sale, they, they definitely pulled it very quickly. But time and money still went out to producing that. Yes, it definitely did. Terrible. One thing that I always complain about WWE, I, 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 when we were doing this show, I was like, I'm not going to shit on WWE this time. I'm not going to talk about it, but here we are anyway. Um, a huge critique of of mine with WWE, or at least this is probably more speculation on my end, but I really, I really wonder how much creative liberty um, their talent actually gets um, when it comes to developing their characters um, and just how they portray themselves. 
this to me was an example that they probably do not have a lot of creative freedom for themselves. So it was just good to hear that someone at least took a stance and said, this is not okay. Yeah. And, and it was, a, I would say a very, very bold move because you don't really see that those sort of statements being made by people who are under WWE contract right. about, about the company. Um, it's very, very no, no to do that um, in terms of their corporate culture there. Um, so yeah, um, good on ACH for doing that. And I think that was added to the impact of him main eventing this show. Absolutely. Um, because you know, what better person to represent the values of a movement called black wrestlers matter than probably the one black wrestler who has had the most erratic and, um, frustrating, uh, 12 to 18 months in the pro wrestling industry, I would say. Um, and then having all of that kind of play out in a very, very public setting too. You know, like I, I there were plenty. I that was the situation got bad for a little while there. Um, social media being social media, so mm. um, yeah. So I'm glad that ACH is back in in the ring. Um, and and this match did not disappoint. I mean, him and JDX. You know, JDX is kind of like a protege of ACH. Um, maybe that's why he is using the the three letter. Sort of thing to go along with ACHs. I was wondering about that, or I just thought it was interesting that they both had, like, basically what kind of looked like initials to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I I didn't know that they had any sort of connection. Yeah, and and and, and I joke, but I'm sure there's a, there's plenty of meaning behind JDX um, JDX's ring name there. So, mm. um, but. JDX was one of those people that like I've heard the name but I haven't seen before and mm. getting the chance to see him like they they knocked it out of the park the two of them um, I think that the only match I probably would have main evented the only match I think rivaled this in terms of like what could have been main event level was the opening match with Airwolf and um, Jossie um, which I think was one of the probably one of the most hype matches of of the show. Um, going into it, um, there was a really good video package on the on social media that they put out. You know, with them talking about like, you know, their their mentors and their who trained them, and like basically trying to fight for the honor of the people that kind of gave them their start and fighting for themselves as well, and fighting for their identities tied into their um, tied into who you know brought them to the dance, so to speak. And that played out in the match as well. Um, you know, I think notably with uh, Airwolf, who you know trained under uh, Ken Anderson and um, and Eric Cannon up in Minnesota, and then you know had uh, has a very uh, close relationship with Alex Shelley, another prominent independent wrestler. Um, and you saw that play out with with Airwolf um, using all moves like signature moves from all three of those people in that match including the first Green Bay plunge that I've seen in a while, uh, which made me very happy as someone who watched like late like late 2000s WWE um, primarily at that period. Um, I don't know. It was just it was, the match itself delivered for me and I, and I absolutely adored it. but like but that but that can be said about every match on this card, I feel. Yeah, I really liked um, just watching the show in general. like each match kind of brought 
something a little bit different, which, you know, it usually does, but, um, and maybe it's just because I enjoy being able to see so many wrestlers of color, black wrestlers specifically, um, in shows just cause you don't, I don't see that a lot. Um, so it just had my attention the entire show personally. Mm. Um, for me, and this shouldn't be a surprise at all. Um, my favorite match was definitely Faye Jackson versus Devon Monroe, Black's Excellence. Yes. Um, I just felt like that was... I mean, I'm I'm biased because I already liked both Faye and Black's Excellence. Um, but I, I just really like... Um, I like their athleticism which this match definitely emphasized that to me at least. And mm-hmm. then also it just, it added a lot of humor, of course. Um, a lot of twerking. A lot of twerking. <laughs> um, I think the uh, ring commentators, they probably actually have a name for that. Yeah, commentators. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was so much cake in that <laughs> ring. <laughs> Yes. Oh, we didn't even mention Sunny Kiss accompanying uh, Devon Monroe to the ring. So just throw more cake into the bakery. Yep. <laughs> that, you know, it's just like, yeah, this is like a uh, definite cake off in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. And so I just really liked how, the, how they played off of each other in the match. And then even afterwards, um, it's just fun to see. And like I said, I just, I really like the athleticism and... I guess I want to say dexterity that uh, agility agility that's the better word for it yeah. thank you no worries. that they bring to the ring it's very D&D of you I know I've, <laughs> I'm like I was just stuck on dexterity and I'm like this is not the right word but I can't think of the other anything Sorry. else enough wrestlers playing D&D that we can add that to the vernacular now <laughs> so it'll work um, but yeah, no, I agree with you completely. Like that match was a breath of fresh air in a lot of ways. Not to say that any of the matches like really felt like they dragged really, but they just had a different feel to them. Yes. A lot of the other matches, like, y- you know, kind of your typical masculine, there was a lot of yelling and, and, and stuff like that. in a lot of the other matches and, mm-hmm. and to me, what feels like more of an emphasis on, um, strength rather than, um, agility. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was nice to have that break in between matches too to sort of bring that out and I feel like they did that in the um, all women's match the 1v1v1 um, trying to remember Queen the Queen B Brooke for, uh, Valentine versus um, Seishin and Jocelyn Navarro yes um, I felt like that was also another um, good break in the show with different styles and they brought back the twerking mm-hmm. um, after that match, too, um, <laughs> including Faye Jackson coming out with Devon Monroe and Sunny Kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I actually really enjoyed watching uh, Seishin in that. Um, not only with not only the actual match, I, I think I just have a thing for wrestlers with masks because just throughout the show, I kept noticing I like that wrestler with that that mask. Mm-hmm. That wrestler with that mask. <laughs> um, but um, Seishin just, at the end, when they were doing the twerking contest, um, her costume had a tail. And so it was just so adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a lot of fun. 
Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you on that. Like, I think the, you know, Brooke Valentine and and Jocelyn Navarro and Seishin, like all three, brought it. And you know, the mat their match was it was definitely felt like it it was shorter, but um, it didn't feel that way to me. I mean, really? I mean, yeah, but I was like really hyper focused on it. Um, so yeah, it didn't. It, didn't feel like it went that fast. Although, actually, one thing that did surprise me with um, that match, the 1v1v1, and then the match with four wrestlers. The um, four-way. Yeah. yeah, the four-way. Um, I wasn't expecting the first person to pin someone to win the match. I was waiting for, like, you pin the first person, <laughs> then the rest of the people fight, and mm-hmm. whoever wins that is the ultimate winner. Yeah, wrestling can be odd like that. Like, there's definitely some four-way matches that are elimination style. There are some that aren't. And sometimes the messaging isn't necessarily the clearest. But, yeah, it... I'm not saying it was bad or anything. Oh, yeah, um, no, I'm I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. yeah. It's just, like, I understand that expectation. It's just like, oh, why won't you keep fighting? Yeah, and I think it's probably also just, like, I haven't seen that yet. Because mm. um, I, th- I, I, I want to say all of the shows we've been to so far have been elimination style. Um, so I think that's why I was coming from that angle. Um, it didn't surprise me by the time um, uh, the women's match came up because we had already seen that in the four-way mm-hmm. match as well. Um, so that was something new for me too. Yes. Um, real quick, speaking about masks, I have to ask you, uh, Boo King Mojo McQueen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just everything. Like absolutely everything. Yes. About his outfit. Um, it just had me screaming inside <laughs> like a fangirl. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Definitely. Like, there was, there was genuine excitement yeah. there for you. I really like that tribalism style. Um, and Is there any specific reason why? Um... Because, I mean, for the longest time, like, you know, a lot of, like, going back to the 70s and 80s, a lot of black wrestlers kind of got put into these um, sort of tribalism um, gimmicks. You know, I think, you know, we just had the passing of um, of uh, Kamala, who was probably the most famous of those gimmicks. Like, basically, um, you know, uh, black black african-american man who was portraying a ugandan giant like um, like who couldn't speak english or couldn't like just spoke uh-huh. in babbles and was just out to beat up people a gimmick given to him by a, a white man by the way but like you know for the longest time a lot of people i think um in that context have looked at these gimmicks as problematic um even though you know some people have said that people like these people might not have necessarily gotten the same opportunities that they did get if not for having a gimmick like that yeah, in that yeah. era, which, <laughs> you know, fuck that sort of stuff. Um, but I'm, I'm just curious, like, what, what, what was it about that sort of tribal, like, tribalistic gimmick that... that uh... See, I wouldn't call it a gimmick, and I think that's okay. what's different for me. Okay. Like, it's, it's having a gimmick versus reclamation mm-hmm. of culture. Okay. Um, and I mean, I guess I really don't know the background, like whether he's forced into it, but I just, I don't imagine that's the case here, which is why I celebrate it so much. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would argue that he's not, 
at this point. Most indie, most independent wrestlers have a good amount of control over the characters right. they want to portray. And like, I think that this definitely falls more into uh, a, a a bucket of reclamation, like you were talking about. Yeah, and that to me is why it's so much different. Like, it's not a gimmick; it's cultural expression. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you're if a white man's telling you to do that, that is a gimmick. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> God. Um but yeah, like I, I I don't know. I I really enjoyed um seeing that character and the reception of that character from from the crowd as well. They're very um into into uh, the Voodoo King. Uh, he's awesome. Yeah. No, I I'm not <laughs> I'm not denying that at all. I I would argue that there wasn't a wrestler on this card that wasn't um engaging. Yeah, it was way. so hard for me just throughout cuz I wanted to cheer for everybody. And I mean, I did anyway. Um, but usually, usually I want to say I kind of cheer for one person over the other. Um, but this show was just really hard to like actually do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that was one of the main, um, like one of the main differentiating uh, characteristics of this show in that, you know, this wasn't necessarily a show where the story was good versus evil. Right. It was a show where we want to show you what we can do and why your misclassification of us um, is wrong. And I think that that really came across in every way. I mean, at the end of almost every match, you know, even the most heated of matches, you still had, I think, every every wrestler shook hands with, with their opponents at the end, you know, embraced at the end, um, threw up the, the fist at the end. It's because it's a celebration of us. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's that's the exact right attitude to have with with this sort of thing. And and uh, you know, there, I think there's a lot of people. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of critics um, in wrestling that have looked at you know the matches a number like if, an overabundance of matches where you have those sort of moments where like you know heated rivals embrace at the end or like thank each other for the match or whatever. Like there's been people that uh, can be very down on that that happening too much, which um, is frustrating because that like, I don't know. It's just really frustrating to, to have those critiques happen. And I don't think anybody pushed those critiques on this show specifically, but I just always have that in the back of my head with this stuff to be like, this is exactly what people, you know, should outside of like a storyline thing. This is the exact reason why you have a show like this, is to show solidarity with one another and to stand up for a cause, stand up for yourselves. And I love competition in general. Like, I can be a very competitive person when I'm playing games, but also I just, I love the sportsmanship behind it. And to me, that's what's fantastic about it. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with you on that. Um, Was there anybody else that, that stood out to you on this show? I mean, I actually really liked seeing John West. Yeah. Um, just that he put on the show and he's involved in it. Um, and maybe that happens a lot with independent wrestling shows. Um, but I don't know. It was just kind of cool to see the person who actually produced this and put it on have a like take a take a place in it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that stood out to me. No, definitely. Like I, I John West. Like I haven't. I'll admit, I haven't seen a ton of, of his matches. I, I know of him. Uh, I knew of him before this. But to really take it upon himself to 
to put this show together and you know to to get to get it live streaming as well you know without working with any like the major you know wrestling streaming companies you know IWTV title match um high spots any of them um really was it was impressive to me just in terms of just the execution of it the logistical execution of it cuz uh-huh. that that can be fucking hell to get some of that stuff done so you know i'm i'm happy that it came together in the way that it did um and also that just on on that note as well the building that they were in um was i think it was a cool venue yeah like it just had a different look and feel to it um i'm I I'm still don't know exactly if it was a like it's an auditorium, but I also they were treating the, the way the commentary team was talking about it was like also like it was a place of worship, so like it was just kind of all over the place in some ways. I did like that they uh you know referred to uh uh WAP as uh, worship and praise. Oh, um, I missed that. Yeah, it was mostly uh, during the twerking. Yeah, um, they are they were doing plenty of worship and praise. And that makes sense because twerking for Jesus. That's right. Twerking for Jesus. <laughs> God damn it. Okay, we just talk about the commentary team real quick. They were awesome. I, I still haven't been able to find out who they are. No one will tell me. <laughs> so if any of y'all know. Yes, please. DM I put, Brian. I put it out on Twitter and no one told me. So this is my next attempt. Someone tell me who they were because they were awesome. I think you don't have a Black Wrestlers Matter event without having a commentary team that... Um, it's just so on point. Yes. My God. Hashtag for the culture. Yes. You know, I like, it's just one of those things where it, it, it added to the, the authenticity of the message in a lot of ways just because like you had um, a Black commentary booth and they were speaking to the Black community in a way that, you know was I'm searching for the right word off the top of my head here. Um, like, it just felt like they were speaking to their community. Yeah. Rather than having to, you know, work within the white culture. Yes. Which is generally what wrestling shows are. I mean, obviously just cause they tend to run, be run by white people. And it's definitely not that I haven't enjoyed, um, productions that were put out by, um, white folks um it just it was nice to like trust that i'm not gonna see racism um and this totally takes me back to the live show that we saw um in december oh uh, the uh the doa show the doa show where like the the main event was a white guy with a whip versus a black guy and i i'm sure it was not intentional but again, like WWE putting out a blackface t-shirt, that had to go through some stage of like being checked off as okay. And yeah. and how did nobody catch that that's really problematic? So again, with this show, I just I didn't have to worry that that was gonna happen although i don't i would hope that that doesn't happen in shows ever in general um Mm -hmm. but it just yeah (laughs) i don't have to worry about seeing a black guy versus a white guy with whip in black wrestlers matter shows which i think is a a 
very good thing <laughs> to not have. Um, no, I, I, I don't know. It's just every single aspect of the show just felt right, felt like its own. It felt like its own thing as well. Like, it very much just felt like something that could continue, you know. I know I know. probably one of the more poignant moments, I think, was at the end where, um, you know, the comment, one of the commentators was saying, um, you know, this needs to be an annual thing. And then another one piped in saying, no, this needs to be an all-the-time thing. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, yes, I would say that you could probably run a Black Wrestlers Matter um, indie promotion at least somewhat regularly. Um you know, I don't know if the pandemic is the right time to start that up in force, but I think that that you could sustain a company that way. But obviously, the message was much more uh, about the viewing and the treatment and the um, and giving the opportunities to black wrestlers within this industry, as opposed to talking about a new promotion. Right. Mm-hmm. How did how did that hit you when when that when when that was said? I mean, it to me that was very similar to, um, oh my god, I'm so horrible with names. The show that we saw in DC. Oh, Butch versus Gore. Yeah, Butch versus Gore. Like just in general, um, we're always here as queer folks. We're always here as people of color, and both, um, and. I mean, yeah, it it should be something that's celebrated all the time. Um, I, so I don't know if it necessarily phased me, just because I think I take that for granted as, like, yeah, it should be here all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, definitely it should be, but I think it's just, I don't know, for some reason, like... There's a have... difference between should and reality. Yeah. And hopefully, like, in whatever reality we have coming out of our current situation like something like like this whether like putting aside the fact that you could that you could probably run these shows on a more frequent basis than annually going forward um, just the fact that this proves that you know these these wrestlers of color have the ability to go and, and deserve more opportunities in this industry. And along with the wrestlers that are coming up behind them, the wrestlers that are already there, the wrestlers that couldn't be on this show, the wrestlers mm-hmm. that wanted to be on this show, you know, like it really speaks to like how these sort of, these sort of communities should be viewed within pro wrestling. I think it's apt that you bring up Butch versus Gore because I, it's funny how like certain moments like stick in my head because like while that that moment at the end of black wrestlers matter where they said where the that phrase was uttered really sticks with me the same way that butch versus gore the way that ended with lolo in the ring screaming this is what happens when you make wrestling for fucking everybody right like it just speaks to what this industry could represent and what it could be um especially in a day and age where you know I think more people have eyes on on the industry and want to see themselves within it and want to see that their communities can have the same opportunities that, you know, other communities have had um, historically within it. Right. Like I said, I was watching intently the entire show Mm. because I was watching my community. And it doesn't always have to be like everyone who looks like me. In fact, I mean, being mixed race 
they don't necessarily look like me, but they're still part of my culture and I'm part of their culture. And it's, it's just so refreshing to like have that available Mm -hmm. and you just don't see that in a lot of places like Butch versus Gore. I think they also made a lot of space for wrestlers of color and um, that's also why I really appreciated that show because there was an emphasis on intersectionality and inclusion. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have Billy Dixon running a show in any form, you're going to have wrestlers of color on that right. show. So yeah, I think that was a very, like a, a very focused idea mm-hmm. with Butch versus Gore. And of course, even more so with this show. So, but one thing I do have to say, cause even though I love something, there's still, a, there's always room for criticism. Yes. Um, my main piece of criticism is, while they did say that this show is for everyone, um, they only said it, and I, I, that's not an exact quote, but they said something along those lines that this is for everyone um, in the Black Wrestlers Matter show. Um, they they said that after the match where there were explicitly queer wrestlers shown. And to me that... <sighs> I would have much rather had that message come from the very beginning of the show mm-hmm. versus just right after you see queer wrestlers, because to me that feels a little bit tokenish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't tell it like who may be queer. My gaydar doesn't work over the internet. Um, so <laughs> like there might have been other queer wrestlers. Um, I have some suspicions of course. Um, but again, I just, I wish that message came at the beginning um, to just really emphasize that 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 was their intention with this show, mm-hmm. and I think that it was because obviously they wouldn't have like showcased um, queer talent. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. I mean, you don't you don't fly in Sunny Kiss, you don't book Devon Devon Monroe, Black Excellence. Yes, and and, <laughs> on, and you don't bring in Brooke Valentine either. That's who you, I was. Yeah. Pinning, but you know, again, yeah. you don't always know. So no, but like you don't, you don't bring in that talent if you don't want to showcase that part of your community too. Right. And like, yes, the I think the majority. I'm pretty. I think they might have said that it's for everyone out out at moments outside of that match as well. I can't remember every line of commentary here, but it was most noticeable and most frequent in that moment. Right. And yeah, you're right that I don't. I don't recall if they had mentioned it other places, but yeah, it was. It sticks in my memory that that's when they were really emphasizing it. And yeah, I think that emphasis can come more frequently throughout the show. Yeah. And I think that, you know, once, you know, wrestling's starting to get back into a rhythm, I think, you know, indie shows are starting to get, um, you know, they're, they're starting to learn how to run better within the pandemic, even though, you know, there's still an argument out there that maybe wrestling shouldn't be running at all in the middle of a pandemic. But the companies that are running are, are learning how to better acclimate to the, the safety and health measures that need to be in here. And I think that if if we have another Black Wrestlers Matter show um, where, you know, people feel more comfortable about traveling and putting themselves in those situations. I think that you have an opportunity to showcase more LGBTQ black talent. And Um, one thing that I would argue, like, I mean, yeah, I don't want people to be traveling unnecessarily and exposing people and potentially getting everybody sick. But one reason why this show was important for me to be happening at this time, um, aside from just, 
all of the racial commentary that's going on um, throughout our country. But um, people of color are disproportionately impacted by COVID-19. And so, again, it's just like, to me, solidarity to have this kind of show um, still showcasing people of color. Again, Mm -hmm. it gives us some space for comfort in really awful times where people people are just seeing a lot of hardship. There's, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't want to get too negative, but. No, no, no. I I mean, that's the thing is like, we can talk about issues facing the community without going, like making it necessarily feel negative per se, but like, there's definitely like, there's issues to be talked about. I think we're recording this, um, we're recording this just like hours after a number of NBA, WNBA and, and major league baseball games were postponed because players boycotted them yeah. over the situation in Kenosha right now. Um, and, and like we're, we're at a, we're at a point where, you know, a lot of people thought with George Floyd, that a lot of the stuff would start to be addressed. And obviously, you know, that's some cognitive dissonance when it comes to the history of this country. Um, even though the movement has definitely grown in profile and size and, and, and that sort of thing. But, you know, we're still like, we're, we're still seeing these things play out even like the days after like a show like black wrestlers matters up there, which I think highlights even more so why you need um, these sort of statements. And for the community to back each other. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I was, I, I'm stoked coming out of this show for, for what it represented. Um, and, you know, I, I think that there's the, the concept in and of itself, like as a wrestling show has legs for more. And I hope that we see more from it. And I hope that a lot of the talent that was on this show show up in other places as well. Um, and you know, and there were a lot of, uh, there were numerous, like, I think, fairly growing in profile or already high profile black talent that wasn't on this show that are being showcased in other companies that I, that I think um, um, are really pointing to how black wrestlers um, can uh, be properly presented and properly um, treated within the industry as well. So I don't know. I think that, I think it, it left with a message of, of hope and determination and, and a continued push like it's not, they're it's not going away. This is the same message that came out of Butch versus Gore, like you were saying, like not going away. And I'm looking forward to the next show, and you won't be coercing me into watching <laughs> it with you. I'll at some point have to stop making that joke. I think. Eh, you know <laughs> what they say. There's there's always some truth behind jokes. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you really though. It's not it's not coercion. <laughs> nah. Well, did you have any any final thoughts um about the show before we wrap up here? Um not strong final thoughts. Um 
like I kind of talked about earlier, um, I just always like seeing all the different sorts of fashion that come out of these shows. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Anybody stand out for you? I mean, the people who I mentioned before. Okay. Um, to me, again, within the independent wrestling scene, like, I, I really, I feel like people um, are able to depict themselves how they want to. And that's why it's so interesting for me to see um, how people end up presenting themselves. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Our cat is coughing up a hairball. I'm sure you're going to cut all this out, but <laughs> you never know. Sometimes it's it's endearing. Um, yeah, so I, I I'm right there with you though. I think that in, like everything about the show was, was fantastic, and I really hope that we see more um, out of the uh, out of the movement, and also from uh, Black, Black Wrestlers Matter as a brand. So yeah, just all around great stuff. Um, so I guess that's that's gonna do it. Um, did you want to plug anything? <laughs> it just feels like old habit. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like up on these hip internet trends. That's uh, okay. <laughs> I don't have anything can, to plug. They can be overrated. Don't worry. <laughs> yes. Um, follow me on Twitter, where I don't actually remember what my handle is or really I don't, I don't really use twitter it's okay. <laughs> i don't blame you <laughs> right. thanks my thanks once again to casey for uh coming on the show and uh running through such an um, important uh show like black wrestlers matter was um yeah it was i suggest anyone go seek it out you can purchase uh, streams for the show uh, on VOD right now over at black, uh, Um Yeah, solid, solid outing, and, and I can't wait to see uh, what comes from the mind of John West next. And uh, definitely introduce yourself if you haven't already to a number of the talents that are on this show, because you'll be seeing them in other places pretty soon. I'm positive of that. Quick note here, uh, as we were recording, I did have um, the debut of Uncanny Attractions on IWTV running on in the background, uh, <laughs> because uh, I like to be distracted uh, while doing uh, these shows sometimes, I guess, and especially for such a good cause. Uncanny, uh, as a company, has been awesome to watch over the past couple of years and you know we've had Darnell and and MV on the show before um so it's really rad to see that company um debut on IWTV partner with IWTV and and bring their uh, unique interpretation and view of what pro wrestling can be to uh, to one of the larger, if not the largest, uh, platform for independent pro wrestling streaming right now. It, it's rad to see. Um, and speaking of that, uh, we also have here a new um, way to support the show uh, along with IWTV. Because if you wanted to catch the Uncanny Attraction shows or those uh, Black Label Pro or Beyond shows that I was talking about earlier in this episode, um, you can find all of those at independentwrestling.tv. And now, uh, if you don't have a membership, 
you can use our brand new promo code here for a five-day free trial. Uh, just use promo code LGBTRingPod, or you can go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT, and you get five days free over there. Um, it's an awesome way to support IWTV, support the show, all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, so check it out. Uh, promo code LGBTRingPod, or you can visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. But now that we have the new, uh, thank you out of the way, let's get to the thank yous that have been with us since day one, and the new IWTV thank you will be added to henceforth. Um, of course, first off, we have to thank the Daniel Quasar for the Progress Pride flag design that we use in our logo. The Progress Pride flag designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at Quasar.digital. And thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666. That's off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSWBand. And you can check out their music on Spotify and Bandcamp. Sarah and the Safe You can follow me on Twitter at WonderboyOTM. You can follow the show on Twitter at LGBTRingPod. Um, and of course, if you're into gaming, you can always check out my uh, gaming news uh, show that I co-host with a couple of good friends and Twitch streamers. It's called the Mr. Video Game Super Show. It goes live every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over at twitch.tv slash deadsonentertainment. Um, we just kind of take the week's gaming news and boil it down, analyze it, have some fun where we can, and critique where we need to. Um, it's always a good time, and, and I thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, once again, that's uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, every Monday, um, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment, sun like the star. Um, and we might have some some new projects coming along with, uh, with that uh, Twitch channel. So keep abreast. It's always fun. Um, <clears throat> there might even be some wrestling content there, because I can't stop playing Fire Pro. I guess it's not so much playing as it is simming matches. Anyway, um, that's going to do it for us here this week. So uh, until next week, y'all stay messy. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. And demand justice for Jacob Blake. Bye.